From Troy Public Radio, I'm Tim Phillips, and this is Clarinet Corner. Today on the show, I have a very special guest from the UK, and he has a new CD called Rediscovered British Clarinet Concertos, and I'm very happy to be joined by Peter Siglaris. Hi, Peter. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so glad to have you here today. And uh, I'd like to talk about the CD. It's a beautiful recording. And um, obviously, I didn't know any of these pieces because they're kind of lost clarinet concertos. Um, and when I put them in, I was so delighted um, at, at the sounds. I mean, it's a great orchestra, and they're really good pieces. And I, I want you to kind of walk us through how this project came about for you and how you came to know these pieces. Sure. Well, um, I mean, it's a bit of a been a bit of a long-standing thing, and and it's it sort of. Um, sort of culminated by accident really uh so back in 2014 in the sort of late summer of, of that year um i i was just kind of i'd listened to a recording of the stanford concerto um by a colleague at, which i'd not, not heard before i knew they had recorded it and i managed to pick up a, a copy of the cd and it just occurred to me after listening um because with the Stanford Concerto, it's kind of considered like the first like major British concerto um, because it was composed in like 1902. Um, but uh, there's a little thing. There's like several of the manuscripts, and of course that was in manuscript for a very very long time, and until um, until I think it was Giorgino Dobre actually managed to get hold of one of the manuscripts and um, get it get it out there. You know, get it published in in a piano reduction version. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that sort of thing, but but yeah, basically, I wanted to to see where one of these manuscripts was, and I had a vague memory that there was one in the archives at the Royal Academy of Music. Mm-hmm. So I went online and I had a look at the uh, at the um, online catalogue, and there it was. I found it, um, and in fact, I think that was the manuscript that was given to the soloist which was Charles Draper mm-hmm. in 1902 um, I mean the, the the famous story is that Stanford had dedicated it to Richard Moorfield after his um, London premiere of, of Brahms's quintet with Joachim and his quartet mm-hmm. um, and um, and Moorfield uh, famously um, refused the dedication so uh, Stanford scrubbed it out and um, and the, fir- the first performance was given to Charles Draper um, so there it was so the, hold on, I have a question. Uh, on, Wait. On the thing, but, you, you, you said yeah. Mulefeld, who was Brahms' clarinetist, he refused the dedication of the quintet? He did, yeah. He did? Uh, I didn't know the, that. Of the Stanford Clarinet Concerto, he oh, refused. Not, okay. not the Brahms. Okay, not the Brahms. So it was the Stanford Clarinet Concerto, um, he refused. We, we just, Why? Because he wasn't yeah, British, or, or what was the deal? I, I don't know. Not quite sure. Weird. But, um, okay. Not, not, not quite sure, but um, he didn't accept it for whatever reason. Um, but uh, there it was on the um the online catalog and a couple of entries below uh were was a concerto by a victorian um composer called ebenezer prout a british victorian composer mm-hmm. um and i thought that's very interesting um because there's no record of him ever writing a clarinet concerto i was aware of a sonata that he wrote um which you know he's a little bit stuffy the outer movements are a bit academic the middle movements are quite nice mm-hmm. um the slow movement especially and I thought that's quite interesting so that piqued my interest and I wanted to have a look and basically and see if I could you know get a copy of it mm-hmm. um, and um, you know I jumped through a few hoops and went down to the Royal Academy 
um, and sat sat in the archive there and um, went through. They had they had the manuscript on a microfilm, and um, so I went through, looked through it. Uh, quite a nice nice piece. Um, well, it looked rather nice actually. Mm-hmm. So so then um, the issue arose of how can I get a copy of it? And having talked to the arch- archivist at the time, the issue was copyright basically. So you know with things like this. You, they can't um, give you, uh, you know, copies of what they hold because there may well be um, a publisher or a, uh, you know, a family member, a distant relative, that mm-hmm. if they were to find out, they might claim copyright right. on something that may or may not have been published or, or whatever. So all these little, little kind of legal wrangles and things that you have to sort of uh, undo. But anyway, long story short, um, I, I uh, did my due diligence. I basically went and I got the will, uh, you know, the wills of the composer of Prout um, and also of his uh, uh, daughters, of his children. The last child died in the mid-1950s um, with, uh, with um, no heirs whatsoever. So I basically proved it's, um, it was an orphan work which basically means that there there are no copyright claims on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I uh, submitted that through to um, the Intellectual Property Office with the government, and um, they uh, gave me a seven-year copyright license on it. Wow. I thought, well, that's really great. So I managed to get it. I managed to get a copy of this manuscript. Um, and that basically started my journey. And I thought, well, what else is out there? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, could, it became a bit of a detective hunt. Um, and so over the over the years, um, yeah, I, I um, some people got to know um, some real clarinet enthusiasts that again sort of um, were uh, were finding repertoire and they knew where repertoire was being was held. You know, in various parts of of this country, but also in like Europe and. Um, and actually, in America, actually, there's a few things um, over there. Um, mm. And so kind of word got out. And then I was getting contacted by some of these people that said, well, I've got, you know, I've got this, that and the other. Or that is in uh, that library and that is there. And, you know, so there's all these kind of things. And um, and, and so it kind of went from there. And I, I, I've, got, I've got manuscripts for... Um, Obviously, the the, um, the three concertos, which was the the, um, the Susan Spain Dunk, right. the Rudolf Dolmetsch Concerto for Clarinet Harp, and um, the Peter Wishart. But mm-hmm. I also got the manuscript of the Ruth Gibbs Clarinet Concerto, um, which I did actually give the the very first premiere in uh, November of uh, 2019. Um, wow! So you have uh, now that one you just of- that one you just mentioned is not on this recording. So is do you have a like a second no. volume of this that you're planning? No, because that was actually recorded in 2019. There's quite a funny story oh, actually okay, okay. Um, with that. Is that the the um, I mean, just very quickly, the manuscript came to me, but it should have gone to the soloist that recorded it. Um, uh, and so basically, I ended up doing all the materials. So I, I typeset, typeset it all through Sibelius. Um, and so all the stuff that I did was used for that recording. And we came to an agreement um, that 
they would record it and I would if I got the chance I would give the first performance and that's exactly oh. what happened okay. um, and I mean it's now you know that concerto is now published and, and actually this year 2021 is um, a centenary year for Ruth Gibbs and funnily enough it's also the centenary year of uh, Peter Wishart Really? Okay. Well, um, I, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of looking um, at some, some unpublished pieces, and occasionally I'm, I'm lucky enough to get music from a composer. And sometimes you come across these things in different forms. Like sometimes it'll be a, a, only a manuscript copy of the score. I, I, other times it's, mm. it's totally realized, and it's, a, and it's a, I'll put in finale, and it's in really nice print. So like, for example, this piece that we're going to listen to today, the Cantalina for Clarinet and Orchestra, Opus 51 by Susan Spang Dunk, what was the form that you, that you found that piece in? Was it just a score, or was it, uh, was it already prepared? No, it was it was manuscript, um, okay. and there were a couple of string parts. Um, uh, that was it. So that was a piece that um, that was actually uh, put. It was on the the catalogue of music sales for hire. Funnily enough, mm-hmm. and I thought, bingo, great. You know, after after sort of trying to track that one down from a reference that I found to a concert in 1931 at the Queen's Hall in London of a piece for clarinet and orchestra by a female composer. Mm-hmm. Um, I later found uh, the review and I found who the composer was. And uh, so, so I thought, great, I will contact music sales. So I did. I contacted the higher library. Can I have a perusal score, please? Um, they said yes, no problem. Leave it with us, and we'll we'll get back in touch. About two weeks went by, and then I got an email uh, to say we're terribly sorry, we can't help you. Um, we don't have the materials, which basically means that the um, whoever originally published it, it probably went under the umbrella of uh, music sales, which of course encompasses publishers like Novello, uh, Chester. Um, and a whole host of others. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, somebody somewhere decided, oh, we don't need all these things that were published in the 30s or or whatever. So they just destroyed them. <laughs> really? So, so yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That that you know, <laughs> there, there are a lot of stories of, of things like that happening. Um, oh my gosh! Okay. So so that was. I thought, oh no, well the the trail's gone dead, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, funnily enough, I came across uh, doing a little bit more, um, you know, just a bit of digging online. I came across a forum that, that um, discussed unsung composers, and Susan Spaindunk happened to be one of them. And there was a complete repertoire list listed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. So this person obviously has a bit more information about this composer. Yeah. Maybe they know where all the music is held. Um, and so I did, I just sent a very, um, a very polite, you know, uh, sort of unsolicited email to, to the person that uh, posted on this forum. And they very kindly got back and they said, well, um, I'm in touch with the grandson of the composer. Um, but I've not had much luck trying to get hold of the music. Uh, maybe you'll, you know, maybe you'll have a, a better chance than I, I've mm-hmm. done. So I did, and, and very um, softly, softly with these things, you know, uh, because, of course, it's there's a lot of uh, family uh, history connected right. to these kind of things, and obviously they're very precious items uh, within the family. So 
Um, so, I mean, eventually I developed a bit of a rapport um, with with the uh, grandson, and I actually went to went to his home and went through two boxes of maces, and that was it. Was there? It was actually fun. It was the the first piece um, on the first box. It was at the top <laughs> of the pile. Um, and, you know, they were lucky that it had been the manuscript had been returned, of course. You know, so I think what they had done is obviously they must have had a copyist that would have copied out all the parts from the manuscript. Oh, okay. And that would have been what they would have used to, to hire out. Um, and, yes, and that, that was that. So I, I had I had the manuscript and, and the grandson very kindly did me a copy of it. And then I set to work in putting it all into Sibelius. Wow, now that, that's a huge um, project. True. So, um, you, you know, just uh, preparing this music and, and and getting an orchestra to record it with you, I mean, that that's a, a logistical and uh, economic issue. But the, the putting of the of the music yeah. into the score and preparing everything to make sure that it's ready to go, um, that's a whole separate project. So when, when, you're, when you're embarking on a project like this, how long did it take you to get from, okay, I think I know what this piece is, to, okay, we're ready to record? Ah, well, um, I mean, basically, I, it was the inputting that came first. Um, and, of course, obviously, when you've inputted into into the Balias, it will play it back to you, albeit in a very computerized way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there's something very special about that. I felt very, very honored and privileged to be the first person listening to, to this music yeah. um, in, you know, 70 or 80 years. Um, so, yeah, a real, real privilege. But... Um, I, 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 I mean, I, honestly, Tim, I couldn't tell you how many hours I spent doing it, but it was, you know, at least two or three hours of an evening oh, yeah. um, on, on, the, on the computer doing it. And I was kind of learning as I went so that, you know, I, you know, obviously made a few errors here and there. And um, but, yeah, it was ba- basically that. And then once I'd um, typeset the Spain dunk, and also the wish heart, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually the dolmetch. I thought, well, we've, I've got to get these recorded because these are good pieces, mm-hmm. and um, and it's yeah, it's more repertoire for for our wonderful instrument, you know. So, um, so then it was a case of, well, what can we do? What can we do? How are we, how are we going to do this? You know, and and yeah, like you say. Then you start thinking about the financial implications of doing such a project. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that was the next step. Basically, um, I had recorded for a couple uh, for a, a record label called Carla. That was my they put out my very first disc back in uh, 20, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I approached them and just said, well, "This is something you'd be interested in, you know." Uh, obviously, we can look at the logistics of it later if it's a project that you'd like to take on. Yeah. Um, and the guy said, yeah, actually, this is really interesting. You know, I sent in the Sibelius MIDI files and the scores. And, and of course, I had to find another work. So that's when the idea came of bookending um, the Second World War, which is essentially what these works have done. So the Spain Dug and the Dolmetsch are in, from the 1930s, the mm-hmm. Witch Heart and the Maconchi are from the 1940s. And they okay. both came either side of the, of the Second World War. Um, well, and I, so, I see that you've recorded yeah, I mean, these with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, which is a very mm-hmm. uh, excellent orchestra. I mean, that's the first thing that struck me from the first note of the first piece is, wow, this is really, really good. And the conductor is Ben Palmer. Mm. And 
Um, with regard to the, the piece we're going to listen to today, the Cantalina for Clarinet and Orchestra by Susan Spain Dunk, what I noticed also was it has a uh, almost like a, a movie quality to it. Like when I when I listen to this piece, I'm instantly taken to like the beginning of a romantic comedy or uh, like a Woody Allen movie or something like that. Which, when you consider how yeah. old this music is, that that may not have been what she what she intended when she wrote it. But what what was your like artistic conception of this piece? Like, how did you look at this work, and what did you want the listener to hear? Well, um, when I first heard it, it was it was obviously it was in the post romantic style, um, uh, English style, uh, and it was. Obviously, the chromaticisms that come through were very prominent. You know, I think I think she was she took a bit of inspiration from uh, Frederick Delius, um, who was towards the end of his life in in the early 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my my sort of artistic take on it was, I mean, I, I started to learn, you know, because I developed this rapport with the grandson, and I was getting more information about her as a composer and about her life. You know, she did. She did divorce, and um, you know that must have been very, very difficult. I think she divorced around the 1930s, and I always felt actually there was a there was a kind of a tinge of sadness within the work mm-hmm. at that yes. start. Um, you know, and, and this kind of um, well, a, a sort of musical argument between the soloists. I mean, of course that's what a concerto is, but mm-hmm. it's very sort of heartfelt argument between the orchestra and the soloist, yes. which eventually comes together towards the end, and it finishes as if, like, you know, like the sun starts to rise out of the darkness. Um, and, yeah, that was that was the, my kind of first impressions, uh, and I sort, of, I sort of stuck with that, actually, you know, that the, the, the solo line is just this sort of you know, um, I don't know, sort of like, you know, aching, there's like an achiness about it. And, yeah. and, you know, you get these kind of passionate moments in the orchestra, which culminates in quite a, quite a really, really, and as you mentioned, sort of like a movie quality orchestral tutti before we move into a more major uh, mode, you know, more major yeah. tonality. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my idea. I mean, I, I did mention that to the to the grandson. I'm not sure what he kind of thought thought about that, but um, but hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was the, that was kind of where I was sort of coming from, really. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's do some listening. Um, I, this I, I must tell you that when I put the CD in, um, I was instantly grabbed by this uh, music, and this is the Cantilena for Clarinet Orchestra, Opus 51 by Susan Spain Dunk. And the clarinetist here is Peter Seglaris with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales conducted by Ben Palmer.
That was the Cantalina for Clarinet and Orchestra, Opus 51 by Susan Spain Dunk with Peter Seglaris' Clarinet, the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, conducted by Ben Palmer. And uh, we have Peter with us. Peter, tell me, um, like this this piece you kind of discovered in an archaeological way by visiting the grandson of mm. the composer, and you were and you were able to to bring it to fruition, uh, both in terms of the the actual printed score and the recording. And tell me, like, is is this something that will be published? Is that something that's even possible? Because I love this piece. I would play well, this. Well, yeah, oh, sure. I mean. You know, I'm I'm hoping that it, it will get published at some point in the future. Um, you know, it, it 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 does have a slight a slight sort of um, uh, copyright issue hanging over it because of it. As I mentioned earlier, uh, it was on the music sales website for hire, but then once they realised they didn't actually have it, they removed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so there's a little bit of that, but I, I would very much like it to be published um, because Susan's receiving a bit of a, a renaissance here, and actually the BBC is starting to record a lot more of her music, um, including her uh, other orchestral sort of tone poems. Um, I know some of her chamber music has been recorded. She wrote a, a really beautiful wink wink quintet um, and um, uh, like a, a piano quartet. That, I know those are being recorded. Um, so, so yeah, you know, wow. but uh, at the moment, I don't know. It just seems that publishers are not are not particularly um, interested in yeah. in taking on you know kind of unknown old new music. Yeah, that I like to. Yeah, old like new music. That's it. That's a very good so, way of putting this. Um, uh, and I, I well, uh, hopefully, hopefully something will will come about and. Um, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of some of some of our uh, American publishers that might be interested in such a thing, yeah. um, because I think it's a very worthwhile piece. I think it's a great CD. And I, what I would like to do is uh, tell our listeners that we'll be uh, back next week with Peter to talk about some of the other works on this wonderful disc, which is called Rediscovered British Clarinet Concertos, uh, with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, conducted by Ben Palmer with Peter Seglaris. Peter, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm Tim Phillips, and you've been listening to Clarinet Corner. Our producer is Joey Hudson. And remember, there's always more where that came from. This is Troy Public Radio.